All right, here we are, and uh, welcome to Upon Revisiting. I'm Brandon. I'm Will. And on here, we're going to revisit all sorts of media that we've experienced in our younger lives and see if our initial, I guess, reactions are accurate or if they hold water to our more adult uh, points of view. <laughs> Uh, so the first thing we did was 1996 Space Jam, uh, which I want to say uh, my opinion has changed quite a lot through the years. So I guess just starting off, Will, what did you think the first time you saw 1996 Space Jam? I feel like a better question is like who didn't at that age like that movie? That's fair. It was a movie that was so geared towards kids i mean we talked about it a little bit before that in the night that movie to me is this perfect encapsulation of a point in time in the 90s in basketball not to say that it's not popular today but was arguably a lot more popular back then as was michael jordan and that was at a time where i think we as kids knew what the Looney Tunes were because they were on TV that I don't know how kids would know them these days. But I just remember that movie coming out. Um, I remember coming out around Christmas time and I was in second grade mm. and everyone was talking about it. Everyone wanted to go see that movie. And <clears throat> at the time I, I loved it. Um, it's, it's weird because like I didn't have it on home video like i think i saw it maybe like one other time as a kid but i think that i remember seeing it in theaters the one time and i really liked it mm. um i might have seen it in passing during my childhood but i feel like i went years without seeing the movie um and i mean we'll talk about it in a minute because we actually when we did uh our old podcast three-day rental and uh and blockbuster night depending on what what day it was. <laughs> um, we we, 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 we watched this movie, and it was like the second episode. Mm -hmm. And I think we did it because we liked how Space Jam and Kazam rhymed, and that was the other movie. Well, it was also that. like, this is the movie with the basketball player. <clears throat> yeah. Because Kazam had Shaquille O'Neal. Mm -hmm. um, so would you like what would you say was the biggest contributor to why you love this movie as a kid? This movie is just so marketed towards kids. I mean, it has mm -hmm. Looney Tunes, which you see every day. Every yeah. kid loved Michael Jordan growing up in the 90s. Like, mm -hmm. look, I wasn't a big sports fan. As like, I liked baseball as a kid. I wasn't a huge basketball fan. I didn't watch it, but everyone liked Michael Jordan. Like, you knew who he was. He yeah. was just... I think anyone who grew up in the 90s understands it like they understand how big he was yeah. not just as an athlete but just as a, a celebrity oh, yeah. person absolutely he was huge yeah so those two worlds coming together was as a kid it, it was just something that was so geared towards you it was just clearly marketed as such i mean i don't think that there was a kid in my grade or my class that wasn't excited to go watch that movie mm. and all our parents who would probably be indifferent to it yeah. but i mean i don't know at the same time our parents grew up with looney tunes i would argue that looney tunes were more popular when they were kids mm -hmm. over when we saw it um but what was your experience with it as a kid yeah so like i think i i think i definitely saw this in the movie theater um i just i grew up in a black family so it was a black basketball player in a movie we're gonna go see it we saw kazam uh 
Uh, but yeah, this one to me just hit all the right <laughs> notes. I I want to say I was one of those kids that did watch a lot of Looney Tunes when I was younger. Um, obviously, they were the reruns because like there weren't really new Looney Tunes in the '90s that I can no. think of. So yeah, like I watched a lot of the older stuff. Um, even back when it had a lot of the Acme branding on it still. Um, Something I was watching, though, was that... Mm-hmm. I think they had mentioned that Warner Brothers animation shut down in, like, the 60s. So I don't think they were really producing a lot of content for a long time. I think it came So they back. were just coasting on, like, the reruns then? Yeah. Like, I think they would make package movies... That's incredible. And, ...and do that. But when they came back, I think, like, the late 80s, early 90s, because that was when they did um, Animaniacs, yeah, Tiny yeah, yeah. Toons, mm-hmm. Batman the Animated Series... Mm-hmm was when they established like an animation branch again. So I think for a long time there was no new shorts being made. But that being said, I feel like you, you think about that era of like when not just um not just with Warner Brothers, but just like with Disney and with uh, MGM were making cartoon shorts in the thirties, forties, fifties and putting them in front of movies. Um but I would say probably around the sixties, like Disney and and Warner Brothers probably like started winding down mm. the amount of animated shorts they were making, just because I, I feel like the way that they used to distribute them changed. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like they never really got into the television market. Like I feel like you'd think that with television being a new medium back then, not to get too off subject from what we're talking about, that they would try to put something on TV. Like they kind of let, I guess, Hanna Barbera take that over the Flintstones and everything, but yeah. the, the the reruns were on a lot as a kid. I remember them being on, I think it was like TNT would show them a lot, and Nickelodeon would show them too. Yeah. Um, but Nickelodeon had the bad ones. Like, they didn't have the good ones. <laughs> yeah, I don't even really remember where they came on. Like, I just, I know that I, I assumed it was Nickelodeon or something of that ilk, but like, yeah, I think like the biggest thing that stuck with me personally is just, or, or like the biggest reason for me really wanting to see this was, you know, like it had the Michael Jordan aspect of it. It had the Looney Tunes aspect of it. Like I also had older brothers, so they were really into sports. And it's like you said before, like Michael Jordan, that moment in time with Michael Jordan was just such a big moment. Like we talk about people who were just, they kind of exceed any kind of tribal or just territorial, like, America and their sports were kind of toxic. Mm. I, th- I feel like that's most places with sports. Like if you go across the pond and you do, you know, European football, like they're pretty toxic with Soccer their fan hooligans. Yeah, th- with their fan base. So like, yeah. but Michael Jordan was one of those athletes, even if you hated the Chicago Bulls, you loved Michael Jordan. Yeah. Because he was just, it. It he exceeded what was just, oh, he's just a really good player. No, he's, the best player anyone's ever seen. Yeah. And that alone made him a world renowned celebrity. There were two I remember the there remember when there were two MJs, Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan? <laughs> like I I think you're some kind of athlete when you can put yourself in the same conversation just internationally as Michael Jackson. Yeah, as someone who was like the biggest pop star of all time. And my and Michael Jackson had been around before Michael Jordan. He'd been around for for decades. And I mean one thing I would mention real quick, because this is something that had come out after we did the first podcast, was The Last Dance. Yeah. Um, which is the the series about... I mean, I would say that it's about 
Michael Jordan primarily, but it does cover the Bulls from that period. It kind of goes into like some of the other people. Mm-hmm. And like like I said once again, like I'm not a huge sports fan, but that's probably one of the best documentaries I've seen. In it years. was so I've, interesting. I've there, watched it three times. There was like, a, it's just that good. There was a tidbit about it about Space Jam in it. <clears throat> there uh, is like which is I will we'll actually get to that mm-hmm. um, later on. Uh, but yeah, like I guess. Let's kind of transition into... So we rewatched this for our um, 90s podcast called Three Day Rental slash um, Blockbuster, Blockbuster Night. Night. Uh, and I guess I'll go first. Uh, yeah, upon watching it that time, at this point, what was that? Like five years? That was five years ago. Five years ago. We didn't love it. We we were really hard on we it. We were pretty... Yeah, I, we, I, I think we were very... I think we're in our post-college, like, maybe we're going to get into film. Yeah, like, very of, cynical. Yeah. Kind of pretentious. Kind of snobby. And, I mean, the thing is, like, I will even say now that I don't think that the movie's a masterpiece, but I don't understand why we were... We were really hard on the movie. Like, we didn't like it at all, it seemed I, like. I do. I actually do understand why we were hard on it. And mm. I don't even want to... This is not to put this on anyone else. Yeah. Our friend who was also on the podcast is into animation so he is very critical of any kind of animation in a movie and seeing as how he knows centuries more than we'll ever know about animation we kind of just took his lead on that one and i think while i think his criticisms are definitely valid for what I think animation his opinion has changed on it too, though. Probably because I talked to him recently. There's, about... I think, there's a big reason for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, which we'll also talk about. But I, I feel like we were really hard on the movie, yeah. and, and granted, I have not listened to that podcast probably since we first recorded it. But um, going into this, when you wanted to watch it again, because I mean, it, it's impossible to not talk about it, which is. Space Jam 2 or Space Jam New Legacy. Yeah. Which, not to get into it too much right now, I, I did not like that movie at all. Yeah. So, going into this one, I mean, I already knew that. It's like, well, it, it, it can't be worse than that movie. And we, then watching yeah. it again, you know, I I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Like, it's a simple, fun movie. And look, like, I don't... I remember feeling weird after watching the second space jam because we were talking so much trash about it and i was like why do i care yeah this much yeah about a sequel to a movie that i'm not even that crazy about anyway like i guess it it's it holds such a, a unique distinct place in our kind of like cultural zeitgeist just mm-hmm. because it is a movie that came out at the perfect time and for us like because we were i'm assuming seven when that movie came out yeah and um just everything about it, it just feels appropriate like the jock jams and the 90s soul yeah and well so yeah the the, yeah. the music alone mm-hmm. i think elevates this movie past the second like i mean we get it at this point kind of talk about the second one a little bit just i just because i would i would say so yeah since we're talking about how we felt about it this time like we've really enjoyed it this like i would say this is my third major memorable moment of watching it Mm -hmm. because the first time is when i first saw it second time is when we did it for that other podcast and then this is the third time where like i'm really paying attention to it and yeah like the first time the biggest contributor to me liking it was just probably me me being a child me liking michael jordan me liking looney tunes the second time the sec like the reason i didn't love it as much 
that second time was probably just me being more of a film focused person me be, me being a student of film and being like this isn't citizen kane and this isn't you know into the spider verse or whatever but then like this most recent time it's like man you guys did a really good job with this movie yeah, and the biggest contributor to that is honestly how bad they did with the, <laughs> the sequel. One. I think the thing I, I gotta give to the first movie is that it, like, it's not a masterpiece, but it was never meant to be. Hmm. Like, not every movie is trying to be high art. Like, not mm-hmm. every movie is trying to get to the level of something like a Pixar movie for kids. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> at the end of the day, like, you know, this, the idea for this movie came out of a shoe commercial. Yeah. So... That being said, the movie knows what it is, doesn't really have any pretensions about itself. It knows exactly what it wants to be. It's a movie that's perfectly marketed and made for children. Mm. Um, and like, there's a couple of jokes in there that are kind of like for mom and dad, like yeah. just a few. But for the most part, this is clearly a movie made for kids. Mm. It's meant to entertain kids. And as something that's meant to entertain kids, it does the job perfectly. You could do... So much worse. It also doesn't feel stupid, which I think is like my biggest complaint about the newer one. But like the whole time I'm watching this, I remember like the memories I had about it after like we did, you know, the podcast. Like that's really that those are the memories I was calling back on when I was watching it. This this most recent time is like I remember I was like, no, like there was a lot of issues I had with it. I didn't love Michael Jordan's acting. But like this time around, I'm like. You know what? You, you did LeBe- you did better than not LeBron James, what LeBron James was given. Because that's yeah. not fair. Because I actually do think LeBron James objectively objectively person. is a better actor than Michael Jordan. Yeah. However, in Space Jam, in the Space Jam franchise, Michael Jordan is kind of the better character. Yeah, the character is a lot better written because yeah. it doesn't like I like it. I mean, he was such a big celebrity that you could appreciate the fact that <clears throat> he let the movie make fun of his baseball career. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, the difference is, is that in Space Jam, A New Legacy, like, LeBron's hook writes him initially to be an unlikable character, which seems weird considering that he seems like a very charismatic, nice, friendly person, mm. you know, just as, as a celebrity and outside of basketball. Like, mm. something that um, I, I told you about, that I liked about this movie when I watched it this time, is that, like, the arc of Michael's character in it, like, it, it just fit really well with the narrative going on in his life at that moment, where, like, he had retired from playing basketball, he was playing baseball, and he wasn't doing that well mm. as a baseball player. Um, and then you know, around that time he returned back to the NBA. So just like the natural arc that his life took, like it is like when you think about when that happened, like um, I think a lot of people were confused Mm -hmm. that the biggest basketball star in the world was going to play in minor league baseball. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously like when you, when you know why he did it, it makes a little more sense, but it felt like for someone who was at the absolute top of his game, to leave to go do another sport in a lesser league mm-hmm. was strange. Well, I think what this movie kind of did, and I don't know that this was even the intention, but it kind of explained it to kids. Like, I didn't know why he did that, but I'm sure yeah. adults did because they looked at the interviews, they looked into the history of his life. But this movie's like, look, he did it because, like, 
his father was a big fan of baseball, and it's like, oh, because okay, that's... you have the part at the beginning of the movie where he's playing basketball with his father, and it's like a flashback to his childhood, mm-hmm. which is done way better in this movie because it's short, it's concise, and you get why they did it. But and it's grounded. And... The backstory of that, too, is that Michael Jordan's father was killed, like, Mm-hmm. a couple of years before that had happened mm-hmm. so it adds a certain element to it that is obviously personal and important to him yeah um and not to say that like lebron has not had any hardships in his life yeah. but like i feel like given at the time that he had lost his father in such a violent way mm-hmm. definitely adds to that scene yeah and it's the interesting thing about this movie is it's kind of like a fun form of revisionist history because like it plays on real life events. Yeah. But then it's like, oh yeah, the the thing that convinced him to get back to basketball was playing with the Looney Tunes. Like mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous, but at the same time it fits into real life seeing as how he is he's playing himself. So it's actually a really cool concept that they're like, we're going to treat this like it's actually real life and then just have fun with the rest of it. Well, the biggest fantasy element about this movie that I find a little unbelievable, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest, is uh, the fact that he lives in like a middle class neighborhood, <laughs> um, just on a street, yeah, in like a in like a fairly nice house. Like it's a, but, still like, a pretty a very nice house. house. Like but... it, that, he's not a multi million dollar celebrity living in a mansion. Like that. If there's one thing that Space Jam and New Legacy did better is that it acknowledged the fact that, look, I've been a celebrity and famous for almost, almost like 20 years. Yeah, Space Jam A New I'm Legacy rich. gets a 10 out of 10 I, on setting. I have a mansion. Get, Space Jam A New Legacy gets a 10 out of 10 on the setting. of With a basketball court. Like, yeah, yes, he has I a basketball. He owns a basketball court on his own. Prop, yeah, that, that sounds yeah. like the most, you know, the best athlete in the world would do but that. To think at that point in time that someone like Michael Jordan... That's the one with the status of Michael Jordan. We just live on your street. You'd see him getting the period like, hi. No, like, no, no fences, no gates. Yeah, no but, screaming fans outside trying to get in. Well, you had the, the that one family in the the convertible. They're like Michael. That's like <laughs> like your what your normal neighbors would do. Like we'd go outside. They'd be like, hi, Brandon and Will. And yeah. We're like, uh, <laughs> biggest. Because other than that, like um. You know, I think one thing that we we kind of ragged on last time was the whole concept of the Looney Tunes living in the center of the earth. Yeah. Like, this time I was like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, th- this is a movie about the Looney Tunes and Michael Jordan mm-hmm. playing basketball against space aliens. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> like, and this is the part of the movie that you that, that's gonna lose you. <laughs> well, one part, and I don't want to get too much. Like, I want I want to stop bringing up the second one, but like. <clears throat> The one thing we kind of mentioned when we were, and I noticed this like within the first five minutes of this one, because it at a certain point in the movie, it zooms up from planet Earth and it goes into outer space to show you where the aliens are from. Yeah. The second movie is called Space Jam. Mm-hmm. They do not go to space in the second movie. <laughs> no. Uh, now, you can do with that what you will. Um, granted, maybe that's not that important. Uh, I think they honestly forgot. Yeah, uh, which I think says a lot about the rest of the entire movie. They're just um, like, oh, yeah. Like I, honestly, like rewatching this, like I was looking at it, like I was pleasant, honestly, pleasantly surprised with how well it aged. Quite frankly, like there's certainly very dated special effects, but and references, but and references, but like some of the jokes, the way that the animation looks, some 
I'm 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 kind of a fan. Like yeah, like definitely some of the special effects with Michael Jordan superimposed on a cartoon background doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not gonna knock the movie too much for that, seeing as how it came out what, like almost 30 years ago at this point. 25 years ago. Actually, yeah. yeah. So like it's 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 been a hot minute since this movie came out. But like again, like it was, I did not like hate my time watching. I, I've seen this movie probably a dozen times i enjoyed it a lot this time i wasn't really looking that forward to watching the movie i'm being honest just because it's yeah. like i feel like the past couple of times especially watching the the new movie but just the past couple of times i think i'd see it just being like uh, it's kind of boring it's like the thing like the plot's nothing special yeah. but the thing i appreciated about this time maybe just because after watching the newest movie the bar was just so low but i like the fact that I just feel like looking back on the movie now, I I, I was very pretentious mm. in my criticism of it because at the end of the day, it's a movie for children and it's simple and it gets to the point. I mean that in a good way. I don't mean mm. that in a bad way. Like it's simple. It gets to the point. It's it's engaging throughout. Like at no point when we were watching this was I like looking at my clock being like, when's this going to end? And it's a, it's an hour and a half. Yeah, there's the best part about it because yeah. when you're looking at that new movie, of the myriad of things you could say that are wrong with that movie, and like I don't, I don't even want to be that hard on it because at the end of the day, it's not worth being that concerned over Space Jam Two. Yeah, but that movie is two hours long, and like good kids movies are not two hours long. Kids don't have that kind of attention span, Mm-mm. like attention span, like they. An hour and a half is like that's all you need. You can yeah. make the movie shorter. Mm-hmm. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how they thought that kids are gonna sit through a movie for two hours, especially a movie that's as all over the place as the new one is. Yeah. But that is my biggest problem with that movie, though, is that I don't feel like that movie is made for kids, and it should be. Mm-hmm. It's made for us, and why are you making the movie for us? You, you know what? You know I will say. I don't even think it's made for us. I think it's made exclusively for business executives. Like, I don't... Like, so that's one of the things I really do want to touch on because we always... Everyone talks about this and, like, this is my biggest gripe with what people say about the newer one. It's like, it's a kid's movie and it's ba- the first one was based off of a commercial, so why would you expect anything else? There was not that much product placement. I didn't feel like I was this, having in the first space. Like, yeah. and we just we watched it. We just finished watching it twenty five minutes ago. It wasn't like you know. I don't recall that much. They sp- specifically like Warner Brothers, which is they Warner Brothers vomited all over the second one, but like yeah. it's very little. Didn't feel like I was having. IPs constantly shoved down my throat. Yeah. Like, it, the worst you could say is that it's a vanity project for Michael Jordan. Or but even the Looney fine. Tunes for that matter. Yeah. But it didn't feel over... Like they made jokes about the movie being overly commercial in yeah. that one. And it's like... It, and sure, like it was based on a Nike commercial. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I didn't feel like I was being sold products or yeah. being told like, remember this? Mm-hmm. Remember this? about this well we also i also talked about how like the happy meal toy the happy meal toys for the first space jam were incredible i don't know if anyone remembers them (laughs) but they were like i want to say one foot tall like stuffed animals 
and it was like it wasn't like it was the it was the Looney Tune characters in basketball uniforms, but it was not the uniforms from the movie. Like it was yeah. these really cool like alternate costumes that they had, and like I remember like Bugs had like a backwards cap, and like there there was all these so like. They and they could have. They didn't advertise that at all in the movie. That was yeah. all separate. And also, you know, that I feel like that merchandising is just a part of it. I think mm-hmm. any kids' property, any movie, any TV show. I mean, Happy Meals kids, are not what they used to be at all. I didn't even like. Do they? I did not even know they still made Happy Meal. Toys. Yeah, but they're it's so lazy now. Like Happy yeah. Meal toys used to be worth like a hundred dollars. Like now they're yeah. worth like fifty cents. But I think that like the marketing is just a part of it, and the merchandising yeah. is just a part. I of mean, it. it's Looney Tunes and Michael Jordan. Like. Yeah, like they made Space Jam toys, but that being said, they made toys and merchandise off of all kid properties back mm-hmm. in the nineties. I don't think that there's any difference there. Um, I think my issue with that new movie is that in this film, you have the plot of them playing basketball, and the basketball game actually seems important. And it's yeah, built up. And the villains of the movie are clear and distinct, and they are built up appropriately. They have the appropriate amount of menace, Mm. and the basketball game at the end of the movie holds weight. Yeah. Like, it has an element of excitement to it, and Mm. an element of what if they don't win. Like, you know they're going to win, but it's, it's well done. Yeah. And in the new movie, because it's so obsessed with cramming in as many Warner Brothers IPs as it can. Mm. First off, the whole focus of the Looney Tunes is just lost in yeah. the mix because they don't even feel like they're the stars of their own movie. Mm. And the basketball game in that one seems completely superfluous. It, it just feels like it's only happening because the first movie had a basketball game, so this one has to have a basketball game. And the way that the points are measured feels so pointless and useless. Like, you know, it Pun feels intended. so useless <laughs> that there's there's no stakes. And not to mention yeah. that the entire audience is made up of all these different Warner Brothers characters that like it's it's distracting. Yeah. Like you're not even paying attention because you're seeing like Batman and Robin and it and the droogs from Clockwork Orange. Mm. Like, you're seeing all these things, and it, it it's like, first off, it's not well done, because they look like people... At in, Comic-Con. In, yeah, in, like, Halloween costumes yeah. doing it. Um, and it's Actually, just... It that, distracts. That's disrespect to Comic-Con. I apologize. Yeah. Well, not... They probably <laughs> went to Comic-Con, found I'm saying, people... I'm, I'm like, saying you could probably find better out- outfits at Comic-Con. Because I feel like my, my one big example of that is, talking about Batman and Robin, is that it's clearly... The Batman and Robin from the 60s From the Adam West, yeah. And you've got people who don't really look like them. Mm. So it's weird and distracting to see what's basically a dude in a Batman Halloween costume dancing around. And you have the Monstars in this film who are the clear villains that Mm. they've built up for the entire year And they've been there, like they were in, were they in, not all three acts, but I want to say at least... They were in all three acts. Like maybe not in their monster forms, but yeah. they are established yeah. early on in the movie. Yes, yes, you are correct. And in the new movie, I guess you have Don Cheadle's character, who's yeah. a, a computer program, yeah. who doesn't really fit with the theming because the monsters are cartoons themselves, mm-hmm. and Don Cheadle is not a cartoon character in that movie. He's really. an algorithm. Yeah. Algorithm. Um. So then when they come up with the opposing team in the newer movie... It's 
whatever NBA and WNBA stars they could get. Mm. And they're just kind of made to look evil. Like they're, it's, 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 I don't even remember why exactly they're there. They also make LeBron James's son a part of the opposing team. Yeah, they definitely they hook they they pull a hook storyline. They villainize and, the child. Yeah, and I feel like in Hook, it's better it's, done. Well, yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> at one point in that movie, I remember because all these people are, are sucked into this universe. And, like, his family's there. And his mother mm-hmm. is cheering against her yeah, son's uh, team. His mother, his brother, and then they have, like, a daughter yeah. that she's carrying. His, yeah, like, his family is essentially cheering against him. That doesn't break him. He doesn't realize, like, oh, maybe yeah. there's something more serious going on here. But, yeah, like, that... No, but like the, and, like, the stakes are not... like The stakes aren't like, established properly. Like, we don't... They're, like, they're there, but we don't feel them. They also just escalate them up to a stupid comical point exactly yeah in that movie like i feel like in this movie the stakes are that if the looney tunes lose they're going to get taken to moron mountain but mm-hmm. the stakes are only elevated that also if they lose now michael jordan is also going to be taken to moron mountain exactly whereas in the new movie it's like i think if they lose lebron is stuck in the server but so but, are all. The, but so is everyone every, else that this computer server. Sucks basically, in. all his followers are on Twitter are also stuck there. Yeah, and so though you would imagine those are bigger stakes that like not just you but all thousands mm-hmm. of people who are also at this game inside of a computer mm-hmm. <laughs> or inside <laughs> of a server are. That, that's the thing. It's like talking about the sequel. I'm just confused. Yeah. Whereas with. The Space Jam, the first movie, it's like, I know exactly everything that happened. I know exactly what I was watching, exactly what I saw. And, like, there's a bunch of questions you could ask. Like, why is this there? And, like, the the I, I think the best thing about the first one versus the second one is when those questions arise, mm-hmm. the answer to the first one is, like, I don't know and I don't care. Yeah. The movie still works. Whereas the second one is, like, I don't know and it bothers me. That I don't know. Yeah. Like. It just feels lazy. Why are the. Why are the morons. Or the monsters. Like when they shrink back down to the morons. Right. Mm -hmm. So why are the morons in the second movie animated. But then the rest of the Looney Tunes are still 3D. I hated that part. That bothered me. Why? Because like the one thing I I mentioned before. That I actually enjoyed about the second movie. Was the segments where LeBron James was a cartoon. Yes, I did. Fun. I did say that. I, I, yeah. I, I will say that the animated LeBron was, I think, a very good choice. I thought it was really interesting. Then, I think they should have done the game that way. Then they made them three D. Yeah, and that was weird. It was a weird because choice. I think two D cartoon characters. I think sometimes it can be difficult to properly render them. Yeah, in 3D. next to three D. Yeah, like they're just characters that just look weird and it's distracting and it's not necessary. Well yeah, it was it was a weird choice seeing as how I like two D next to real life has worked I would say pretty well. Yeah. In the movies that it's been in. Like they even had like a uh, like the Looney Tunes was it called Looney Tunes Strike Back or something with like the Brendan Fraser? Oh I think it was uh back in action. Yeah. Yeah. And like that still looked perfectly fine. Um, you have Who Framed Roger Rabbit? That's from is that eighty nine or something? Yeah, it still that looks, looks still kind of, looks amazing. Yeah. So it was an interesting decision that they made, and I like 
I think it hurt the movie just on a visual uh, standpoint. But there are, like, I did talk to some people and they liked that they combined so many different visual styles. Now, those people that I talked to aren't film buffs or any type of animation experts, but, but these are the type of people that are watching the movie. So the thing is, though, is like with that movie, you know, I like that in the first movie that we're watching, like the the theme of it apart from basketball, is the Looney Tunes. Yeah. So, like, there are a couple movie references in there, mm-hmm. but they're not specifically pointing to a Warner Brother owned franchise. It's just, yeah, it's like, Looney there's, like, a Pulp yeah. Fiction reference mm-hmm. and, like, a, a Patton reference. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the new movie, and, like, the, the callbacks and references in the first Space Jam movie, like, when you see the people coming to the game, are all, like, characters who had been in past Looney Tune cartoons. Yeah. So, like, you saw... And that case those cameos make sense Mm -hmm. because they're all part of the looney tunes universe Mm -hmm. whereas when you're making something like um space jam a new legacy because now the theming is not looney tunes it's warner brothers as a brand that's such a broad palette and it just becomes unfocused Mm -hmm. and i think the reason i said i feel like this movie is geared more towards us than it is actual kids is the references that they're making. Like, when they're gathering their squad, it's like, okay, like, the DC stuff, like, all right, kids know what DC Comics is. They mm. know what Harry Potter is. Mm. But then you're making references to Austin Powers, The Matrix, Casablanca, Mad Max Fury Road, and Game of Thrones, and Rick and Morty. Yeah. So with those, it's like, all these franchises, either A, they've probably never heard of them because Austin Powers has not been culturally relevant for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. Same with the matrix. And then with something like Rick and Morty and game of Thrones, like these are things that are like not things children should be watching. Yeah. I mean, game of Thrones is a very bloody, disgusting. I mean, to be show. fair, I, I so, think plenty of children watch Rick and Morty. Oh, so. I'm sure that they do, but it's definitely not yeah. appropriate. It's, not, it's an adult them. cartoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that's, so I guess like the next phase would be like, what would you? Let's pretend that a new legacy did not happen. Mm-hmm. Pitch me a sequel to Space Jam. There isn't one. <laughs> like here, here's the thing. Here's Oscar, the thing. Oscar yeah. nominee. <laughs> That's an Oscar worthy movie pitch if I've ever heard one. I think we all collectively got a little too nostalgic for Space Jam. So I remember- When you say we all, I feel like there was two months where people were like, wouldn't it be cool if there was a Space Jam with LeBron James? And then we all collectively got over it. Yeah. And then something happened to the world. I'm not going to say what. And there was just like a lull in entertainment. And then all of a sudden, Space Jam was coming out. Space Jam 2 was coming out. And we were like, okay, slightly cringing. I, I guess this is happening. I think because if, if you've learned one thing with Warner Brothers is that if you badger them enough for something, eventually they'll give it to you. Like except except the, for a good DCEU. Yes, but you did get a Snyder Cut. But there was... I remember there was a time uh, where I think the movie had a peak in popularity because people found out that the original website still existed. The Space Jam website? Yeah. Okay. From like 1996. That's pretty incredible. So like seeing that years later and then I think it just, it got to a point where I guess enough time had passed that you thought about your childhood and I feel like the thing with our generation, I'm not 
trying to say this as an indictment of everyone else because I'm just as guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Is that I feel like in some ways we've never grown up. We've never let go of the pop culture that we grew up with as a child. And Space Jam is one of those things. We all got really nostalgic for it. And like you said, at some point, someone on the internet at one point was like, they should make a Space Jam to LeBron. And all of us were like, yeah, that'd be cool. And we didn't think about it more than just that. Here's what I will say. Um, I do agree with that. But I also think that society, and not overarching world society just i would say more so entertainment society so to speak has also very much coddled us Mm -hmm. where they have kept making things that are specific we are the reason that the marvel cinematic universe is a thing yeah because we decided that no comic books are still cool i don't care if i'm an adult yeah so hollywood was like okay we'll make comic book movies and here we are and it's not just us appreciating them. It's our parents appreciating them. It's uh, kids that are younger than us appreciating them. Yeah. So, yes, while I believe that is a thing, our generation has a tendency to not grow up. I would argue that it's all it all feeds into itself. It's like if you stop giving us everything we want, we'll stop whining that everything's not perfect. Yeah. Um, but everyone has always given us not everything we want, but most of what we wanted we like we saw the the best batman movie ever made like mm-hmm. and we've always been trying to get back to that it's like it needs to be like the dark knight everything needs to be like the dark knight so but also my i i think i speak for both of us mm-hmm. when we say that our expectations were not high for nah. space jam 2 nah yeah i think the thing that annoyed me about it was how corporate it all felt i felt like i was one of the few people after the trailer i was like i'm going to hate this Mm -hmm. and there were people like no like i'm giving and i feel like i'm fairly open-minded with certain types of movies like i i try to give most things a chance like there are plenty of things that i have no interest in that i've just checked out just to just to check out and like i went in with low expectations i expected it to be a cash grab but not as much of a cash grab as it wound up being. And I think, and that, like now that I think about it, I think it is because of the first Space Jam. Because I expected, not to, as, not as a child, but mm-hmm. as an adult, like when I watched, like that's how I treated it when we watched it, you know, for, you know, that podcast about the 90s. Is like, I'm like, oh, this is a soulless cash grab. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan's not that great of an actor, but they're still letting him deliver these lines. And like, I wasn't, like, I wasn't appreciating it for the fact that, like, this was like a 90-second TV spot that they turned into a 90-minute movie that I could sit through. And they can't, They could have done a lot worse. Yeah. Like, I, there was no point in this movie where either one of us wanted to turn it no. off. Whereas when we watched the new Space Jam movie, I wanted to turn it off like halfway through. Like, I remember halfway specifically, through, I, stop I had it. the exact opposite motion, emotion, I mean, watching, especially watching this this time and watching the second one for the first time. Where it was like the game was there and I was like, when I watched the, the A New Legacy when the game was happening, I was just like, finally. Yeah. But with this one, I'm like, oh, we're already here? Yeah, it came wow. pretty quickly. Yeah. But yet it feels like we have some time to establish that the Looney Tunes are not very good at basketball. Mm-hmm. And now but then yeah, even the game has powers. its own beginning, middle, and end. Whereas yeah. like the... And with the basketball cameos in the movie, yeah. they do fun little things. They're with pretty them. excellent, I would yeah. say. 
Like, they kind of, I like how all of them go, like, they go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so, go, like, they, they got very big-name yeah. basketball players. They had Patrick Ewing, Muggsy Bogues, Charles Barkley. Um, I don't remember the other two yeah. off the top of my head. Uh, people are going to crucify me for that, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like it had very big name basketball players of, of the those t- players. They were the biggest. They players. were the biggest. Yeah. They were huge basketball players, uh-huh. and they kind of covered. Like we can kind of talk about this now, but like they covered this in the last dance. So like Mike, this is when Michael Jordan was injured, um, yeah. and in in real life, like he had already come back to basketball, I believe, um, and he was injured. He wasn't supposed to be playing. And there's a couple of times if you see it, like Michael Jordan kind of has this. His, this light jog strut that he does throughout the movie, like that's him limping because like his foot's injured. So he's not supposed to really be playing basketball. He's supposed to just be filming this movie. Yeah. But part of the reason why they got so many big name basketball players is Mike called a bunch of his friends and was like, hey, I want to make sure that my game stays strong so I'm ready when I come back. So while they weren't filming, they were just playing pickup basketball games. The best players in the world yeah. just playing pickup basketball. And... That small detail of Michael Jordan just wanting to keep his game up, I think, kind of elevated this movie unintentionally. Like, Because it's like he's not a great actor in the sense that he doesn't have range, but in all mm-hmm. fairness, it's not like... I feel like around that time, someone like Shaquille O'Neal, for example, wanted to have an acting career. Mm-hmm. And isn't, like, terrible, but it's not that good. Whereas with Michael Jordan, it's clear that he was just doing this movie. I don't think he had any ambition to be in films outside of this. Mm-hmm. And none of his line reads are nearly as bad as some of LeBron James's reads are in the new movie. Yeah. I think the movie makes Michael Jordan come off as a very charming, likable person. Yeah. Because if you watch The Last Dance... If you, you know that he is not he's necessarily... Not, not the nicest guy. Like, like very, very competitive. Toxically not, competitive. Yeah, because it's mm-hmm. like... You can make the excuse that, like, in basketball, like, fine. Yeah. Because you want your team to be the best. He's competitive at everything. Well, I think, like... So a lot of people hark on... And not to get too far into this, but a lot of people talk uh, hark on his... Like, his gambling and, like, mm-hmm. his addiction to that. And, like, I would argue, like, I don't even know that he's addicted to gambling. I think he's addicted to competitiveness or competing. So, like, gambling is just another way to make it more competitive for him. Like, he doesn't care. Clearly, he's Michael, he doesn't care about the money. He just wants to know that he beat you. Like, there were several yeah. moments in the documentary documentary where he's, he's playing golf with the people he's playing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And they beat him at golf. He's like, all right. I'm going to destroy you. And he would do that. He would have one of the best games of his life because he lost to them in golf the day before. Like, But not just that. It's the fact that these people thought they were playing a friendly game of golf with them. Yeah. And they talk about it in the documentary. And I actually had read this story before that he went to that guy's room the next morning, like banging on his door, demanding another game. Yeah. And it, it's like he, he had to win. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he cannot lose. It's he cannot accept the fact that yeah. he lost to you. Like, mm-hmm. it, like, it made him one of the best athletes of all time. That might be what it takes. But... Unfortunately. Yeah. But not a person I, I think I'd... Yeah, I'd not my friend. Hang out with. <laughs> not my friend. And they do kind of... And I don't know that this was intentional. I'm sure it wasn't. I don't Because, like, the world didn't really know about his gambling addiction the way it does now. Yeah. Or so to speak. But... So they kind of, when he's golfing with Larry Bird and Bill Murray, there's a moment where he's like, all right, yeah, so like closest to the, closest to the tee, get, 
uh, pays for dinner. And I'm like, that's a. I was like, this is probably the most honest Michael Jordan moment in this entire movie because he would totally do that. Him raising the stakes him on ra- himself. Absolutely. Yeah. Him raising this. It's his shot. Him raising the stakes in a simple just golf game with celebrities. And you compare that to LeBron James in the new movie where LeBron James off the court seems like a lovely human being. Yeah. And in that movie, it's like he it the, the movie makes it him very unlikable at first. Unnecessarily, I would say. Yeah. Like his... Like him pushing his son because like his on, child, on like, his basketball court that he owns. Yeah, but, like him kind of not just pushing his sons competitively, but just the fact that his son has a clear passion and he's good at it, like really good at it for a twelve-year-old, yeah. like to design video games. But because you had a a bad experience with a Game Boy once, mm. you've decided now, like, no, you're not gonna be a designer of video games even though you clearly have a talent and a passion for it and we have the bankroll to do for you to do whatever you want also i'm sure lebron james who was born in the late 80s does not like video games at all i'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure that guy does not like video games at all not one bit yeah or the, the fact that he's been in numerous video games yeah. like, <laughs> like he himself has been on the cover like of video games and like to be fair like, to be fair we don't know michael jordan and lebron james like no. Maybe they are exactly the people that were betrayed in these movies, and we just, we just have, we just have heard all the wrong details. I've heard another story though about Michael Jordan. Yeah, from Chameleonaire. Okay. So Chameleonaire said that he went to an auction where they were selling off some of Michael Jordan's memorabilia, like his jerseys, and he bought mm-hmm. one of them. And you know, talked about how he's a huge Michael Jordan fan, mm-hmm. lifelong, and he said he went up to him at the party afterwards, I think like he said, it was like Michael Jordan, like Spike Lee are sitting at that table and he asked Michael Jordan to sign it. And Michael Jordan was like a dismissive dick to him. Whereas like, I think he said Spike Lee went out to him. He's like, sorry about him. Like, but it was basically <laughs> like, cause I think and like, look, it, he, he paid a lot of money to get that Jersey. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously it's for charity, but it'd be nice. Like just for a second to sign or just yeah. get a picture. And I think he said that like Michael Jordan said to him, like, Pay me another, you know, like, whatever you paid for that, and then I'll sign your stupid thing. So it's like... Okay. Like, that... Like If I were a chameleon at that moment, like, my, my heart would snap yeah. in half, where it's like, I loved this man. Yeah. I just spent a lot of money buying one of his jerseys, mm-hmm. and I, I've never met him before. I have an opening to do it, and he was a complete dick to me. Well, there, well, there you have it. Yeah. Really? And look, they, maybe these are isolated incidents. Yeah. Like but, I, like we'll never get the full picture of who yeah. celebrities really are, but I mean anyway. So upon revisiting Space Jam, the first one, would you recommend it? Yeah, like honestly, like at this point, I'm, I'm looking at it from the perspective that we are old enough now that there, you know, people our age have kids, mm-hmm. and like I think to show this movie to your kids, like absolutely, mm-hmm. you show this movie to your kids, they're gonna have a blast. Yeah. I feel like if you're our age and you've never seen the movie... It's not going to do nothing. No, like, I think that you'll think it's fine. I don't mm. think that you're going to discover your new favorite movie. <laughs> but, I, you know, there's, there's worse ways of spending 90 minutes. Yeah. I definitely would recommend it over watching the new Space Jam. Well, there you have it. What about it. you? Yeah, no, I think upon revisiting, I... I would say I have a revitalized appreciation for this movie, which I'm actually okay with. I've been very cynical of movies of late, and I think that needs to change. And I'm glad that this was actually the movie to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but like that that that's all I have to say on it. What about you? No, that, that's pretty much it. Like I said, you know, I, I I feel bad about our assessment of this movie last time now because mm-hmm. we were. I I feel like I at least I was to speak for myself. I think I was being a pretentious snob about this movie. Mm-hmm. It, it is what it is, and for what it is, it's not bad. That's 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 very big of you, but I think that's very telling about Space Jam: A New Legacy. Is that if you think you hate a movie, watch Space Jam: A New Legacy and then rewatch that movie, and and then you'll know if you actually hate. <laughs> not that just movie. Space Jam one, just any movie in general that you didn't like yeah, in the past. That, I'm dead serious. Space Jam, it, Space Jam two made other movies yeah. look better in my eyes. So. Yeah, you're like, hmm. but that's my personal take. Um, if you don't have anything else, yeah, we'll we'll do yeah. it again. We'll see you guys at the next one. Okay, bye bye.